Blog Talk Radio.
uh, in the first six months of uh, working with the project, Chuck had done uh, 20 events in He probably have already uh, gotten close to uh, gotten close to the number of events that I've done in just his two years. If he wasn't such a valued uh, employee of uh, of a rather large company, which has kept him uh, jumping between uh, Kuwait and uh, and uh, many other Arabic countries and other. Uh, states in America uh, for uh, geez, let's see, it's been almost uh, 40 weeks in the last two years that he spent uh, jumping from one place to the next doing uh, doing huge financial deals for the company and then the minute he gets back he jumps in the truck and uh, he does, uh, he'll do an Appleseed project here. So I want to thank Chuck, I want to congratulate him on getting his uh, green hat and becoming a sheep boss and uh, I'd like to congratulate him for his professionalism. Uh, Chuck is one of the most professional instructors that uh, we have here in Texas. And it should come as no surprise because uh, uh, he's retired military. He was a battalion commander, and so it was no uh, it was no surprise that uh, somebody who uh, commanded uh, thousands of men. <clears throat> and even represented uh, President Bush uh, in several foreign nations, should uh, not be a professional apathy instructor, and that's what he is. And on top of that, uh, he's just uh, a dang fine man and uh, a truly a man to ride the river with, all right? If you want to be guaranteed that you're getting shot straight and, uh, and square, then... Uh, then you talk to Chuck, and uh, you'll get it. Kirby Foster has been doing the IT work uh, for the program, and <clears throat> and he's been uh, uh, Chuck's sidekick since they live close together over uh, over by the military base of Colleen. They live fairly close. Uh, I think Chuck just goes by and kidnaps Kirby, and uh, and uh, they go out as uh, instructing partners uh, to a lot of the places that they go to. I mean, Kirby does the uh, IT work for Appleseed. You know, I'm not not all of it. He's not the sole uh, guy, but he does a ton of work, and he's always uh, working on some project or another for the organization. And he did a ton of work on the uh, uh, the EIT program and uh, homeschoolers, etc. He's always working. He's very dedicated, very loyal, and uh, and just a dang fine man too. So those are my two guys for this week. Uh, and what I'd like for you guys to do now is to call in and tell me about your guys, all right? Uh, I'm sure that uh, my co-host uh, uh, will be glad to remind you that we have uh, 49 lines free. Now, these, now wait a minute. Let me, let me phrase that. These 49 lines aren't free. They cost me a good deal of money. But they're open and ready for you to call in, all right? So don't make me be paying uh, for uh, for non-used phone lines, all right? Call in. Uh, give a shout-out to your local crew members. Let me know who's doing 
a good job in your area, not just me, but everybody. Let everybody know who's doing a good job in your area so that they can hear their name being mentioned uh, on the radio to lots of folks. I just looked at the uh, the stats as I was signing in tonight for the show, and uh, and we've got over, let's see, 100 and uh, I think close to 130,000 profile views and about 127,000 downloads so far. And uh, <clears throat> so... It's not like the show is not getting listened to, because it is, and uh, we still are maintaining uh, our place in the top ten. We've been in the top ten since the day we started here, and that's out of uh, uh, the number of shifts, because uh, people start up radio shows, and then they realize how hard it is, and they dump them, uh, or people stop listening to shows, and... uh, the number of shows at any given time could be between 500 and 800 shows just in our category, uh, which is uh, 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 conservative, political. And even though we're not political, and that was just the only place I could I could find to put it. Uh, they didn't give a whole lot of other choices. There was like uh, supernatural or alien beings or sex stories and stuff like that. And uh, I just didn't feel a fit in any of those. So uh, uh, politics conservative was about the closest vein that we could get to. And out of the 500 to 800, the number goes up and down, we stayed in the top 10 shows since the day we started. And uh, there have been plenty of times now in the history of the show that it has run at the very top position, number one out of uh, uh, 5 to 800 or 900 shows. <laughs> so uh, the when you call in, and uh, uh, and you see somebody's name and you tell the folks things, and uh, there's going to be several thousand people just in that one episode that are going to get the benefit of hearing that. So so make sure and call in and tell your local crew guys thanks. It's uh, 347-308-8790. Now, if you just came from an event or you just did an event last week and you want to uh, – Tell us about how it went. We'll be glad to hear that, too. Or if you just want to talk about how your state's doing, uh, that we'd love to hear about uh, hear uh, field reports from the boots of the ground national states. We love it. That's one of the things that uh, the rest of the folks in the show like to hear, too. Uh, so if you are a, a local person, you don't have to be uh, chief head honcho of whatever. Uh, all you have to do is be able to dial a phone number and call in and tell us how your state's doing and uh, uh, how the events are going, or if you've got a, an upcoming event, maybe you need some instructions for an upcoming event to, to help out. We'll be glad to put the word out on that. Uh, if you have a commercial venture that you're trying to start up or uh, that you would like to advertise on the show, and blog talk folks, we're not getting any money for advertising. All right? I've never gotten a penny from anybody for anything, not even from... Uh, uh, Blue Feather and Tyler's Glock, you know, I keep hinting about getting a free bar of soap uh, for uh, stumping their uh, soap on the show. I, I don't get a penny for any of this, all right? So don't, you guys don't, uh, don't, uh, don't get excited. All right. Uh, we've got, uh, uh, Blue Feather, Blue Feather uh, Handmade Soap, which I just got through talking about. 
Blue Thunder Child Clock, New Mexico instructors have uh, some handmade soap, and uh, it's really good. Not just because uh, they're apple seed folks, although that does make it better, but it's handmade soap that has been designed and put together by a couple of rocket scientists. Uh, these guys are uh, are absolutely fantastic instructors. That was one of the first IPCs I think I did was in Mexico with uh, uh, Blue Feather, Tiles Glock, Sam D., uh, some of the best people in the whole program. And uh, uh, they, I came away with a big bag of something because I got $5. And, uh, and I'm still waiting for some more. But if you need some handmade soap, then uh, you can get it from them. Now, I'm seeing something... Uh, uh, let's see, uh, medicated goo. That's what I saw here in the, the chat room that the co-host put in. Medicated goo, it's kind of like a medical, medicated uh, type soap uh, that you can get. I believe they also make uh, a shaving soap. I think they made that custom made for a Sam D uh, when he was shaving everything on his face except that big handlebar that he got, that he has going there. We've got uh. Uh, Jimmy with uh, Desert Eagle Farms. He has the uh, uh, the uh, storable food, long-term food that he sells from Desert Eagle Farms. You can uh, Google Desert Eagle Farms. And uh, if you need some storable food, and everybody does, then uh, then please look him up and uh, and use him. He's one of our Appleseed folks. He also has. Uh, has become a dealer for the uh, Mill Dot Master, which is the, uh, the economical version of a rangefinder that does not require batteries or anything else. Uh, it is simply a uh, a slide rule type thing that lets you use uh, uh, your Mill Dots or any comparable thing. You could use your front sight if you know what your front sight width is. Then you can look out in the distance with your front sight, knowing how many mils wide your front sight is, and uh, and you can uh, place the target against your front sight. That will give you the width of the target by dividing the target uh, into the mils on the front sight. Then you use that in your mill dot master. You slide it up till you get to the appropriate mark. That will give you the distance. And I'm telling you, I tried it out. It's a very accurate device. Uh, he sent one to Sam D in New Mexico. Sam D tries his out. Sam D will also vouch for it. I sent uh, mine on to JB in Alabama. Uh, you guys remember Jim, Junior Junior Birdman, and he tried it out and he'll vouch for it. So uh, I believe that these things were going uh, for about thirty bucks or so everywhere else. I, I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure I got this right, and that is that. You contact Jimmy. He'll give it to you for twenty-five bucks and free shipping. All right. So that's uh, that's five block, five bucks off the regular price. Plus he's going to ship it to you free. Usually they charge about four fifty to ship it. So that's about nine or ten bucks off of what you have to pay. So if you want a device that'll be able to give you distance without using batteries or anything else, get the Mill Dot Master and start working with it. Uh, it is. It is a very good skill to develop to be able to use your iron front sight or your scope uh, to be able to tell how far away something is. And it's, there's no voodoo in it. There's no black magic. It's an easy thing to do 
uh, it's an easy thing to learn, right? It takes a, a bit of practice and skill to get it right. But <clears throat> you can teach yourself how to use it very quickly. And it's not, uh, even if you just started shooting, this isn't something that you have to be an old uh, an old hand at to get it right. Uh, it also has uh, features on it that allows you to figure out your uh, uh, shot drop shooting uphill and downhill. And that's, uh, those are two different things that you need to figure out, all right? Uh, and uh, it has the ability to do that. So one of the corners has like a little metal eyelet, and uh, you can put a little piece of string in there, loop a piece of string through, and, uh, and, and tilt it to get your, uh, uh, to match the slope that you're shooting up and down, and it will give you uh, your corrections. All right, so it's, it's a very easy thing to carry. You can pop it in your pocket, like I said. No batteries, no optics, and it's dang sure at twenty-five bucks. It's a lot cheaper than four to eight hundred bucks for one of the uh, the electronic ones made in China. Uh, let's see, four to eight hundred bucks sent to China. I imagine that could outfit uh, like a platoon of uh, Chinese infantrymen, right? All right, uh, we've got uh, uh, the, I think now, if you look on Amazon, I think now you can find the the movie that uh, that had Appleseed in it. Now, we're not like uh, the heroes of the movie or anything. We're just one little tiny section, about two to three minutes. And uh, I still can't watch it without cringing, but it's hard to watch myself on film. Uh, but the movie is called uh, Behold a Pale Horse. It's from Heartland Pictures. It's on Amazon, and I don't believe it's that expensive now, now that it's gone on to Amazon. <clears throat> and let me tell you right now that uh, Appleseed is not endorsing or, or or just because we're in it, we're not agreeing with, we're not agreeing or disagreeing with anything that is in the film. The film is just uh, interviews with a bunch of different folks we're voicing their opinions and are giving you information that they have taken time and effort to gather and put together. And, uh, and some of it may be useful and some of it may not be. Some of it, may, some of it you may appreciate some you may not appreciate. doesn't matter because it's not Appleseed movie. It's the old pale horse movie. And Appleseed is just in it because Appleseed is presented as, uh, as one of the solutions the problems that America faces. And uh, we got Charlie Daniels to narrate the show, and uh, he wrote a the theme song for it, and I believe he's releasing it in Nashville. Uh, if he didn't already release it, maybe it's going to be this week or next week. And uh, he does a great job. He does a really good job. And uh, Chuck Untersee, the director, will be on this show uh, probably next week or maybe a week after. I haven't heard back from him yet. And... Uh, uh, I imagine uh, I imagine we can get him to bring some DVDs and give them out uh, over the air. Uh, so we'll have it where you guys can call in and, uh, and either answer some question or something, and uh, then we'll shoot you a Golden uh, Pale Horse uh, DVD. It's got a lot of folks in it, like uh, Larry Pratt, Sheriff Mack, uh, uh, Senator Alan Keyes, 
on the front lines uh, trying to uh, defend our freedoms and liberties, they're probably in there being interviewed. And like I said, you're going to hear some stuff that maybe you didn't know. You're going to hear some stuff that maybe you don't agree with. All right? Good. Don't agree with it. Uh, because you should only agree with the things that you know to be true. And uh, so, uh, and I can tell you right now, you can agree with the Appleseed section because we ran it straight out of the book. You know, the director wanted us to do uh, so do some things that were not really, uh, not really Appleseed as far as the protocol for running a line and stuff like that. I just told him I can't do it. I said, I can't do it. I can't do anything that is going to uh, uh that is not Appleseed protocol. I won't put it uh I won't film something that is not done the exact way that we do it. Uh and he understood and he agreed, so that's how it turned out. So anything you see on there will be uh, will be Appleseed protocol. I didn't jump off the reservation and start talking about uh, flying saucers or anything like that. Uh Let's see, who else? We've got uh, uh, the band Poker Face, uh, and they are the guys that provide the intro music. And I asked, I think I asked in the chat room if if you guys were hearing the music okay. (laughs) Because when I listen to the music uh, uh, on my uh, earpiece here, it sounds really kind of raggedy. I don't know if y'all were getting the same thing or if it sounded okay to you guys. Anyway, for me, it usually sounds raggedy. I don't know if that has something to do with the, with me listening to it, uh, you know, from the from the host studio or if it was coming out clear. Most of the people said it came out clear, so I hope that it is. If it's not, let me know so that I can uh, talk to the uh, blog talk folks to the studio and get it figured out. Uh uh, and uh, one last thing is uh, you guys know that uh, myself and my buddy, uh, Mark Martinez, who's an instructor here in Texas, uh, that we put together a uh, a shooting company called Battle Road USA. And you can uh, find us on the web at www.battleroadusa.com. And uh, uh, we're running a uh, level one, level two handgun course uh, at the end of July, July 21st to 22nd. And then the next weekend is going to be a home defense shotgun course. That will be here in central Texas. So I know that uh, a lot of folks listening aren't going to be anywhere close enough to go. But if you are, if you're here in central Texas, then uh, give me a call and uh, uh, or email me or email Mark. You can uh, all the information there is on the the website www.battleroadusa.com, and uh, and we'll get you on the schedule. All right, and don't wait too long because the it's not like an apple seed where we'll run eighty people. We can't because it's a handgun course. Uh, uh, we got uh, hot uh, firearms uh, the whole time, and we're doing a lot of movement, uh, a lot of moving and shooting and stuff like that. So, uh, 
the core, the, the classes are kept down pretty low. Usually we'll max out around 15 folks. Uh, we've added a couple of additional instructors so we can uh, we can handle some more, but we still like to keep it down low so that uh, everyone's getting the individual attention that they need. So be sure and let us know as soon as possible if you want to get you a place on the line. Uh, we should have the event right uh, for the uh, for Battle Road up and running uh, by next week. That means that you'll be able to uh, go to the uh, BattleRoadUSA.com site and you can register for the event just like uh, you do for Appleseed. And uh, that'll help you and help us just like it does Appleseed. <clears throat> And uh, if you want to go to an Apple Seed event, which you all should want to go to, and we're going to uh, we're going to talk to you about that in the body of the show. Uh, but while we're doing that, you can uh, get on your computer and you can go to rwva.org. That'll take you to the homepage. On the homepage. Look at the tabs across the top of the page. The second one from the left says Appleseed. Put your cursor on that. You'll get a drop-down menu. In the drop-down menu, select Schedule. That will take you to a page that has a map of the United States on it. Put your cursor on the state that uh, where you'd like to attend the event and click on it, and you'll get a listing of the event in that state. Uh, or in the text up above the map, there's a hot link that will allow you to look at all of the events uh, for every state across the United States uh, by date. So, and uh, uh, my co-host just put that up in the chat room. That's appleseedinfo.org backslash search-states.html. And uh, uh, that'll take you straight to the page. Uh, but otherwise, go to rwva.org. That's the home page. Look for the tabs across the top, second from the left. Put your cursor on that. Got a drop-down menu. Select Schedule. Click on that. Click on the state where you want to go. And then once you've found the, the date and the location where you want to go, don't, don't just uh, have it in your mind that that's a good idea and that, uh, and that someday you'll go to it and... Uh, a lot of folks' lives are filled up with woulda, coulda, shoulda, and, and they're dragging on along a, a, a huge Superman-style cape packed with stuff of things they wish they would have done. All right? Don't make this, don't let this be one of those. Let this be one of the things that you accomplish right off the bat by going to the website, hitting the button that says register, and registering for the event. Even if something happens and uh, you can't make it, listen, we are, we're about as easy a group as can be on moving your uh, ticket to a different location or date, all right? Certainly here in Texas, we're as easy as butter about that. Uh, you pre-register an event for an event, and if you can't make it, we'll, just, we'll, we'll put you anywhere else in the state you want to go any other day, but you got to be pre-registered for us to do that, all right? So, uh, let's see. I think that about 
I think that about does the the folks that we are uh, the folks that we are plugging on here. I mean, like I said, we want you guys to call in and uh, give a congratulations to your local folks or to uh, uh, let's know upcoming events or of any type of a commercial venture. The number is three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. All right. Uh, let's see. The old guy. You're saying that you sat around a campfire with uh, with Paul Topete, and you remember where that was? Uh, was that in? Uh, was that up in Maine, or was that uh, uh, in uh, Kentucky, or where was that? Uh, and uh, old guy, you're welcome to call in and give us a uh, uh, an update on the uh, Maine folks, uh, the the far northeast folks. And let us know how uh, you guys' uh, spring and summer is going. <clears throat> All right, call number is 347-308-8790. Now, <clears throat> the show tonight is called How to Save the World and Have a Good Time While Doing It. And the reason that I wrote that is because America... Uh, from the the second generation after its formation until today, America has been uh, at the very top as far as leadership in the world. Uh, I can it's it's a hands down uh, when when you talk about who is the first the first nation to always show up when something goes wrong. Now that could be. Uh, uh, if there is a disaster anywhere, anywhere in the world, America is always there, always there first with uh, ships and planes and rescue gear and money. Uh, we're always there. We always go wherever it is. And if it, if they need troops, if they need uh, men to be put in harm's way to help out another nation, we always do it. We're, we're always there. Uh, we provide leadership to the rest of the world. And and you hear people all the time talking about America's uh, arrogance. And, you know, in some cases, in some things, that might be true. But the main point is, is that we are the, the world's leader. Now, there are a lot of great minds who has... Uh, who have written uh, over the over the last couple of centuries about the the lifespan uh, of nations, how a nation grows, and uh, and what happens to a nation uh, when it grows, and uh, how it. Uh, how it how, how the nation acts when it's young, and how it acts with uh, uh, when it's mature, and the things that uh, 
things that that are happening when a nation is uh has passed its prime and it begins to slide and then and then it dies. Uh, so and there is a lot of uh a lot of great minds that has that have uh, that have spoken about this and uh, the and then a lot of folks currently sorry I was just trying to uh, I was trying to uh, to look at uh, at some of my notes here and then type something else and of course you can tell I'm doing that because I just start slowing down when I'm talking Anyway, there's a lot of great great minds that have have, uh, discussed what happens when uh, when a nation has passed its prime, and uh, and a lot of folks today are saying that uh, that we have that we've passed our prime that we're getting ready to fade. I, I don't believe. That we that that has to be the case. So uh, anyway, we're going to be talking about that in just a second. Before we do, I'm going to bring uh, uh, the old guy on from uh, from Maine. Because I always enjoy getting an update uh, uh, on what these uh, what the what the guys the Yankees up in Maine are doing. Uh, old guy, welcome to the show. Well, good to be here. Well, how are things going up north? Well, we're we're seven-stepping, and we're six-stepping, and we're doing all kinds of things up here. Last weekend, I attended the homeschool convention up in Caribou, Maine. Every, everybody's heard of Caribou. It's often the coldest place in the lower 48 states. And uh had a good time with the homeschoolers. I think I recruited, a, I got leads on three potential apple seed ranges in northern Maine, one of which is sitting there unused on the old limestone Air Force Base, which has been turned over to the civilians. They've got a they got a uh, a 50 foot 50 yard pistol ranges, and they've got a, a long distance range, which would be great for KD. I have never seen the range, but they tell me it's uh, it's a good range and it's just sitting there unused. Uh, this weekend we've got the first shoot ever in Monmouth, Maine, which is only 15 miles from the state capital. Hope to have a good turnout. Then in two weeks, up in northern New England, we've got Pork Fest. Now, Pork Fest is the Porcupine Festival. Uh, everybody's seen the yellow flag with the rattlesnake on it. It says, don't tread on me. Right. The Hampshire's got, got their own version. It's a porcupine. And you don't step on a porcupine and, and enjoy the experience. So uh, they got about 15,000 people coming to Port Fest. So we're going to have an apple seed right in the middle of it. <laughs> well, that's great. It's a Thursday and Friday apple seed. So Thursday and there, Friday, okay. I'll be there in two weeks. We've got a good crew there. And then, uh, then we just keep on, onward and upward. All right. And uh, what's the weather like right now? Uh, it's about, uh, well, it's just sun's down, 58 degrees, I would say. 
nice and warm. We got the grasses growing. Boy, we've had an awful lot of rain up here, and that that range we're going through this weekend is uh, has got a level firing line. It doesn't slope at all. And I'm wondering how how wet it's going to be for the prone shooters. But I've got a we've got I've got tarps, so if the shooters show up and and uh, don't have anything to get prone on, I've got plastic tarps for them. And uh, looking forward to it. First time at this range. I've been to the range, but it was at night, and uh, I spoke to the board of directors almost a year ago. It's been that long getting it going. But this is the first one this weekend. Monmouth, Maine. What's the name of it? Monmouth. M-O-N-O-U-T-H. Okay. And... And that's on the uh, that is the uh, on the uh, uh, shoot schedule, right? I mean, they can just oh, yes, they can is. find yep. the okay. Yeah, just click on it and click on main, and there it is, pops right up. And uh, they've got a good clubhouse. They've got uh, space there for uh, as many as fifteen campers on site, so they can roll in there. I've got a I've got a toy hauler, if you know what that is. It's a, it's a travel trailer. The front half is a, is a real nice plush travel trailer with a queen-size bed. The back half, you can put a Jeep or a Marvel T or a Harley or uh, a Corvette or whatever you want in there. It's got a ramp. Just lower the rear ramp and roll your, roll your toys in there. That's why they call it a toy hauler. <laughs> Uh, sounds good. Well, <clears throat> what else do you guys have coming up besides uh, the pork fest? And uh, when will you know about the? Uh, uh, when will we know about the the new range that we're looking at? I got a well. I'm working with them. I just met these people last last uh, Saturday, and uh, I'm gathering some information. Uh, one is the old. The old Air Force Base, it's it's now owned by an economic development group for Northern Maine. It's a it's a private uh, private economic enterprise, and I've got to get all of the key people. One is on in private property. I have no idea what his backstop is like, but he'd like to he'd like to host an apple seed. And one is a is a uh, fishing game club near Guilford, Maine. Lone Pine is the name of it, and they they have a good 100-yard range. Now, from experience, I know that a lot of ranges in Maine, between the firing line and targets, is a swamp. <laughs> so I don't know. You, know you're gonna, you have to go there and physically look at it. Right. And I'll get to that. Well, get some pictures. Yeah, some pictures of it. Send me some photographs of it. Yeah, I've got a jillion pictures. My wife has just uh, signed up with uh, uh, the fellow who runs Adaptive Appleseed. My wife gets around in a power wheelchair, and I made her a platform that goes on the chair for a rest because she can't stand and shoot. She can't. uh, She doesn't walk. 
But she's right. a, she that's North Country lady and she's a she's a uh instructor scheduler. And uh and she is working at it. She's been to several apple seeds and she's got a she's got a twenty two rifle little shoot if she can just get her mu- her muscle tremors uh damping down somewhat. Well, you know, I have seen people, and I've tried this. You may want to to try it and see if it'll uh, if it will give you any relief or something. But uh, I had a, a young boy who had that, and uh, what I ended up doing was I took uh, you know those weights that you can strap around your uh, wrists or your ankles when you go jogging. Yep. All right, I took that and I put it uh, right above the uh, uh, the elbow to help hold his arm steady and in one place. Because you know, it put some additional weight on his arm, and when it did, uh, it it held his trigger elbow steady, and that caused it to, his uh, forearm and hand. To become more steady. Now that may or may not work for you, but you may try. You may want to try something like that, and that uh, yeah. to strap on, uh, you know, just a light weight. I think I only used like a two-pound weight uh, on his arm, but his arm wasn't very, uh, it wasn't very big or muscular. It was pretty thin. But I strapped a two-pound weight just above his uh, elbow, and that helped to calm uh, the tremors down in the whole. Uh, right arm. The left arm uh, wasn't very good, and we had his rifle sandbag. Uh, and the left arm, I think I put the left of the weight on the wrist on the left arm, and just he he just had his hand uh, in the strap, but you know to hold his arm steady. Yep. But the rifle was sandbag. So you may try something like that. It'll help. Uh, to help calm some of the vibrations down from the involuntary uh, muscle tremors. Yeah, she's she's been reluctant to use a sandbag, but uh, if it comes to that, we may well, try you know, that. Just get it. Just I'm sure she is reluctant to use it because most people uh, who have some type of challenge or something, you know, they're they're usually uh, pretty hard headed and. Uh, and they're like, no, dang it, I'm going to do it my way or, you know, whatever. And uh, and you try to tell them, that's good, that's fine, you can do it your way, but how about you try it this way first and just try this. And uh, yeah. and once you got it licked, then go back to doing it your way. So maybe just get her to uh, try the sandbag and, uh, and maybe the weights and stuff. And, you know, I think that when they'll see, when they see some, uh, some improvement for that, they may... They may decide it's something that they want to use to help them develop the skills. Not that they got to use it every time they shoot, yep. but to help them develop the skills. Yep. Well, you got anything else you want to put out there, uh, old guy? Uh, well, you, I heard you mention I was doing something else. I was, <laughs> I was still in my shoot bag, and I heard you mention uh, that I sat around a campfire with Paul Tapiti, and he's he's the the lead singer on Poker um, uh, right. Poker Face. Poker Face. Yeah, so, totally good guy. Great, great guy, and I did sit around a campfire with him up in the hills of Virginia, near West Virginia. It's uh, not far off on Interstate 81 that goes down through there. 
Yeah, you got to be uh, careful because those hills in Virginia are pretty steep. You end up falling yes, down yep. one of those one of those hills and rolling into West Virginia, and you're going to be in trouble. Yep. Oh yeah, they are. <laughs> they, they are steep. And uh, and I was pulling a trailer, but uh, we set up. The, I, we know somebody. Paul and I both know somebody that owns three thousand acres down there. And uh, this was before I was involved in Appleseed. This is four or five years ago that we did this. And uh, you know, I, I've only been an apple seed a little over two years now. So, but that guy has got a great range for apple seed. Right. And, well, uh, well, Paul is a great guy, and we'll have to have him back on the show too. Have him and uh, and some of his uh, the rest of the band back on the show because we really appreciate them letting us use the uh, the music from Poker yep. Faith because. You know, we're in that point in our society where, uh, and you know, in a way, I understand it. You know, that's their property. Just because it's a song doesn't make it any different than a, a car or anything else. You know, you wouldn't want somebody to come to your house and just get in your car and drive it off. Uh, yeah. So, but he lets us use uh, the music from his band Poker Face as our intro music, and uh, and those guys have the best the best interest of the nation at heart when they get up on yep, stage. They they're they're singing about freedom and liberty and uh, and uh, love that they have for their nation, and uh, so they're great guys. Well, thank you, uh, thank you, old God, and I appreciate you calling in. And remember, I told you I want you to don't don't be a stranger. Uh, be nope. sure and uh, call in anytime you guys you got some uh, uh, any additional uh, info for uh, from. Uh, Maine, or even if you don't, if you just want to call in and say, hey, then uh, give us a call, okay? Well, we've got a fellow showing up in serious. <laughs> All righty. Serious. Tell your wife I said to use uh, the sandbag and see how it goes, and uh, then yep. she can go back to not using it. Okay. All right. Thank you, brother. God bless you, and uh, I'll God see you. Uh, I'll, I'll hear you on the show in, uh, uh, next week or the week after. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. All righty, and you can do that. Uh, you can, uh, uh, and I know most people they they already have some type of, some type of challenge that they're facing, uh, and they don't want help. Uh, those are the people that I really respect. And there's, we've had folks before who have who have come to events and they did nothing but complain over and over about how they didn't think they got. Uh, Treated right on this, uh, or they didn't think that they that uh, they got enough help on this or that, or and and I'm not trying to disparage anybody. I'm just saying that uh, most of the folks that I have worked with who've had some type of a challenge that they're facing physically or something like that, most of those people. They, I've never heard any of them complain about uh, about their lot in life. I've always, the folks that I've dealt with have always been usually just the opposite. Uh, guys who are saying, look, I'd like to come to an apple seed, but, uh, you know, but I can't really move anymore. I, I've been shot the rag dolls, and, you know, I just don't feel like it'd be fair if I, you know, if I came and, and uh, you know, held up the line or something. And, and I tell them, I go, look, we want you there. 
we want you there. We may we may not hold the line up for you because uh, we usually don't do that. But well, we'll make sure that you're there on the line shooting. And very seldom have I ever seen anybody that said, "I want you to do such and such for me," because I can't do it. Most of the people say, "Ah, you know, I'll get it. I'll do it. Leave me be. I got it. I'll do it." And uh, and I understand that, but but at the same time. Uh, Let's what we what we want to do is, uh, regardless of your of the physical challenges you faced, let's uh, let's move it to the point where we've got you shooting really good, and if that means we need to do to use sandbags or build you a stand or something else, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's get you shooting really good, and then you can start backing off from that at your own pace, right? Once you've gotten these skills and techniques down that uh, that you're shooting like to rifleman standards, uh, 10 rounds in a 1-inch square in, uh, at uh, 82 feet and 60 seconds, once you're down to that uh, to that standard, you can start backing off on your own, right? You can take the sandbag away if you want and start doing it some other way. But let's get you to that point first, and then we'll, uh, and then we'll start breaking the rules uh, in some other way, all right? Uh, I want to bring uh, Unbridled Liberty on because Unbridled Liberty wants to, uh, that has something to say, and I always enjoy uh, I always enjoy uh, Liberty's call. So, Liberty, welcome to the show. Hey, Scout, how you doing tonight? I'm doing just dandy. How about yourself? Doing great. Doing real good here. I'm uh, my uh, my chat not working on my computer tonight, so I decided to come out and sit outside on the on the back uh, patio here. I've got a nice little fire started, uh, getting ready for some s'mores a little bit later, and listening to the show on uh, on my phone tonight. Well, that sounds good. Speaking of fire, it seems like I can smell one. You can keep talking, because I'm going to see and make sure there's not a... What's on fire, do you know? Okay. Uh, I got a, a bunch of thanks to uh, to send out to people. Uh, first of all, to Scout for running the show tonight and making this possible for us. Uh, I always look forward every week to listening in. Also, want to thanks uh, Savage Shooter and Instructor Promotions, Instructor Scheduling, Post Applications, all the people behind the scenes that things uh, run smoothly and. Um, Thanks to all of you. Now I got some uh some Kentucky people I want to thank tonight. We have a new red hat in Kentucky. It's uh Les Moore. And congratulations to her. And uh she's uh the first of uh what should be a bumper crop of red hats in Kentucky this year. I'm hoping that we have uh at least six by the end of the year, six new red hats. Uh she she being the first one. So uh Congratulations to her on her on her hard work and uh we had a shoot last weekend at Cave City and I wanna thank uh Run Free from coming up from Tennessee and helping us out. And thanks to Cal Fred for Run Free. Who did you see? Okay. Yeah, Run Free came up from Tennessee to help us out on that one. And he was the uh, first time I ever met him. He was uh, a joy to work with and look forward to working with him again. And uh, Calfret uh, was a shoot boss for that one and did a fine job as always. 
and uh, thanks to him. He's a he's a grad student, and he's doing this uh, on the side. Plus, he has a job, so he's stretched <laughs> pretty thin. <laughs> and uh, so, thanks to uh, to Calfred for uh, for what he does. Now we've got three new shoot locations coming up here. Uh, we just uh, just put one online. Uh, the other two are going to be coming out probably within the next few days. Uh, one is in Cannonsburg, Kentucky. That's Eastern Kentucky. That's over near over there near the point. Probably uh, get more West Virginia shooters than anybody there, but uh, that's fine. And. Uh, We've got, and that's going to be, uh, let's see, that one's in August. Uh, a new, the new shoots that are coming online probably this week are going to be Harrodsburg, Kentucky, which is kind of central. Uh, we've never had a shoot at this club before, and uh, I went down there. This is amazing. I went down there Tuesday night to talk to their, it's a fishing game club. I went down there uh, Tuesday night to talk to them, and I was all prepared to do this long uh, you know, a long talk and everything. Probably five minutes into it, they said, "Okay, well, how do we sign up for this?" So, <laughs> and and then uh, I had the application in my hand yesterday. Uh, I mean, that's how fast they were. And um, so I I submitted that last night. That should be on online pretty soon. And I'm very excited about that one. And then wow, listen, it sounds like you guys are going gangbusters. Well, we're trying. Um, and then I've got another one coming online as well. That's in Wilmore, Kentucky. That's just, it's probably half a, half an hour south of Lexington where I'm at. And very excited about that one as well. And thanks to Mudcat for uh, getting us in that one. Um, so I'm um, just waiting for the host app on that. We've got a date in, it's a, actually Labor Day. And the one in Harrodsburg is uh, also in September. So uh, all, all kinds of exciting things happening here. And one more, and then I'll I'll be done. And that is uh, we've got a shoot in uh, Williamsburg a week from this weekend and had no shoot boss sign up for that. And fortunately, uh, Ratchet from Ohio came to our rescue and signed up for shoot boss on that one. So I'm looking forward to working with her again. And thank you, Ratchet, if you're listening. And um, there you go. That's it. Well, that sounds great, and uh, and I'm really happy because Kentucky is one of my favorite places, and uh, I think I've told you before, you know, usually on uh, uh, on our trips, uh, usually I'll go up uh, each year to uh, uh, New York, and uh, one of the things that the kids always look forward to is stopping in Bowling Green, and going to the uh, the uh, amusement park there, and I'm trying to think of the name of it. You know what? Remember what it is? Um, it's a little. Park, no, I know there, there's a Corvette museum in there. Um, I, I don't know the amusement park though. Oh, well, listen, you got to go. It's uh, if you have any uh, grandkids or anything, it's a perfect place for them, and it's not a uh, a huge. Uh, Amusement park. What's the amusement park in Kentucky and Bowling Green? Beach Bend. Beach Bend Park. That's the name of it. Huh. And it's great because uh, uh, because it's 
it's fairly small, and uh, I like it because there's really not that many people that go. And at the the first few years we went, you know, my kids were pretty were pretty young, and uh, and there's no uh, uh, there's there's like no lines in any of the uh, the rides, so you can just walk straight up to a ride, you get on it, and go. And uh, and we always went in the summer, and it gets awfully dreadfully hot there in Kentucky in the summer. And uh, you oh, go no, on the ride don't... until you get until you get really hot, and then you can walk over and get into the uh, cold water. Well, that sounds good, but I have to correct you on one thing: that's uh, the weather in Kentucky is always nice. I don't, I don't know where you're talking about. <laughs> it, it, it's always beautiful here. Well, I tell you what. The other thing about Kentucky that I always thought was fantastic is that uh, it has to be the the most lush, uh, one of the most lush states for growing crops that I've ever seen. Uh, I've never seen corn any greener, any taller, any thicker, or more lush than Kentucky. I even made uh, my wife stop uh, last year. So I could get out and stand in front of the uh, like eight and a half or nine foot tall corn stalks. Uh, hmm. I mean, they were it was just huge, unbelievably uh, huge corn and uh, just beautiful there. Uh, you know, we always talk about uh, maybe possibly someday uh, moving to Kentucky because because uh, it is so beautiful there. It is. It's uh, we we love it here and. Uh wouldn't want to live anywhere else. So, I also want to put a what? plug in for our Facebook page. It's uh, uh, Project Appleseed Kentucky. Project Appleseed Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. Just go there and like us. I appreciate it. All right. And uh, and once again, I, I want to say congratulations to all the folks. What was the new instructor's name again? What's her form name? Less Moore. Okay, one more time. Less, L-E-S, more, M-O-O-R-E. Less more. Okay. Now, is that the real name or is that a play on, on words? Um, It's a, it, it's actually a real name, but that's her forum name. It's, uh, okay. But, yeah. Okay. I was going to say, uh, kind of that's usually one of the things that we tell, we tell instructors when they're teaching. Less is more. So. That's right. I think it is a play on words, but fortunately, I mean, it's kind of worked out that way for her. But uh. <laughs> and her husband. Well, congratulations uh, to her, and congratulations uh, to you on doing such a fantastic job there in uh, Kentucky. I can't believe the role you guys are on, the uh, number of new ranges that you're bringing up, and the number of shoots that you're starting to put on there. Uh, I'm just, I'm very, very excited, and I'm very proud of the Kentucky folks for the job that you guys are doing. Well, well, thank you. I just also wanted to mention uh, Les Moore's husband uh, is JPL. He just passed his IT4, so he's uh, he's going to be probably one of the next red hats that we have. And uh, I'll let you go, and uh, you have a good evening down there, Scout. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Listen, uh and I think I told you this last time you called, so I'm going to tell you again: is make sure that you keep uh, that you keep calling back in to keep us abreast of events in Kentucky. Because for me, that's one of the that's one of my favorite uh, parts of taking callers is 
hearing about the programs in other states, how it's going, and uh, hearing the other people's names so that I'll know who they are and where they're from and, and their connection to the program. So I really appreciate that, and I hope that you'll continue to call in and give us updates, okay? Oh, I will. I've, I've got you on speed dial on my phone, and I've got you uh, favorited on my uh, my browser. So uh, <laughs> I, I will right. definitely uh, connect with you. All right. Thank you. God bless you. Take care of you, and uh, and call in anytime. Uh, call in anytime if you uh, you want to give us an update. All right. All right, Scout. Thank you. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Good night. And I am I am really really proud of uh, of Liberty's work there in uh, Kentucky, and I'm always excited when a state uh, and, and you know it, it it happens. You'll see it happening at different times for different states. Uh, all of a sudden, like all the pieces will move into the right place. They'll get somebody who is. Uh, uh, a hard charger like Liberty. They'll get the, somebody like the Liberty in place, and and all of a sudden things will start to happen, and uh, the state will take off and start running, and uh, and it's a very exciting thing to see, and uh, and it makes me very happy for Liberty and for the instructors there in Kentucky, for the state of Kentucky, and for the Appleseed Project as a whole. Because the Appleseed Project isn't, uh, it's not a, it's not, when you look at it, it's not a USA thing. It is. But it is because it is the sum of its states. It's the sum of the, the way that the project runs in each of the states. And every time a state uh, shifts into high gear and takes off running. It makes the project that much, that much stronger, that much more powerful. The message gets spread that much faster, and we get closer to our goal of safeguarding the liberties and freedoms that we enjoy by virtue of living in this nation. So, once again, my thanks to Liberty, to the instructors of Kentucky, and to the state of Kentucky for the job that they're doing. All right, I see there's another guy that's uh that's uh waiting on the line and uh and this is an old friend of mine and he is another man to uh ride the river with, one of the best uh gentlemen that I know uh in the whole nation and certainly one of the best guys in the state of New York. Josie Wells, uh thanks for calling in, welcome to the show. Well, that's quite an introduction, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, How you, are you, you deserve it, and you're a good man, and uh, and God bless you, and, and I, I I miss seeing you and talking to you, and I'm going to miss you this year because I'll be working on a project uh, here in Texas, which will keep me from going to New York. But, oh, man. Uh, That's why I was calling. I wanted to see if you were going to be around for the Indian Lake shoot, which is going to be at the end of July. I was trying to get you into the heart of the Adirondack Mountains. No, and that's one of the things that uh, that I was really looking for. for. Here it is. For about two and a half years, I've been moaning about uh, about somebody having a uh, Adirondack shoot, 
Josie Wells, listen to me. He goes and he rustles one up, and then I have the audacity to uh, uh, to dump him on it. But it doesn't matter because the the the, the people that do go are going to be so happy with it that uh, it's just going to be a great event. Well, tell us some more about it. How's the uh, the shoot shaping up there? Well, I sent out a lot of. Uh promotions material to different gun stores and the people at the range in Indian Lake it's a very small range, it's a county range or I should say maybe even a town range, but everybody that works at the range is helping participate, they're trying to put it in the local newspaper Um, gun stores that are all around there are taking brochures and flyers and the people that are that work the range are on the committee they're all interested in trying to make it a success so it's going to be at the end of July, July 28th and 29th. Hopefully uh, we get enough people up there. I know economic times are hard, especially in the mountains. Right. But, you know, and, and the right. there's a lot of vacationers. Was... There's a lot of vacationers that head up that way. And uh, I'm sure that there are there are plenty of folks. I'll try and see what I can do from afar as far as helping you with the promotions. But, uh I tell you guys, uh, for you, for those of you folks who have not uh, to, been to the Adirondacks, it's it's an absolutely gorgeous uh, part of upstate New York, and uh, yeah, it looks. This is right. Uh, the... uh, go ahead, Jay. No, I was going to say this is right in the heart of the Adirondacks, Indian Lake. It's a quaint mm-hmm. little town, and you know, it's one of the smaller towns. It's one of the less de- uh, less developed towns, but it has a lot of. Uh, that's what you go to the mountains for, for the peace and quiet. Right. Last year I and, stayed uh, in the last year I stayed in cabins that's called the uh, the cabins of Chimney Mountain. Chimney Mountain used to be an old Boy Scout camp, and this family from New Jersey bought it, redid all the cabins, and you can rent them out. I had Sergeant Steve Stoner um, stay with me last year. He helped me work the shoot, and it was beautiful. Oh yeah, and uh, Sergeant Sergeant Rock, you know that's how he goes by on the forum. Yeah. Sergeant Rock, the uh, uh, the Adirondacks are just gorgeous, and uh, there's only a couple of roads going through it, and it is it's a way to it's a way to to see what the nation what it looked like uh, like before before anything was there. When you when you go through that area, it is just uh, uh, it just it's pristine. And, well, if people, uh, have, if people ever watch, hey, Scott, if people ever watch the movie, The Last of the Mohicans, and you yeah, see exactly. the landscape and the mountains those guys were running through, that's pretty close to what it looks like. That's exactly right. That's exactly what it looks like. You've got the uh, the the dark uh, the dark gray kind of uh, granite and uh, uh, the the tremendous forest, the pristine water, and the uh, the rivers, uh, the the fast moving, uh, rocky bottomed rivers, and, uh, and it just looks absolutely gorgeous. And that's that is what I always think about when I'm there is the is that movie, The Last of the Mohicans, because that's what it looks like. And you uh, there's there's just like I said, there's only a couple of roads that go through the mountains, and uh, they're just little tiny two lane roads. And don't uh, don't be in a hurry. Uh, or don't think you're going to get somewhere fast by driving on these roads. You can only drive about uh, 45 miles an hour, 
because they're usually winding and uh, and you don't want to go fast because you want to be able to roll down your windows and smell the smell uh, to right. smell the smell the evergreen forest and smell the the smells of the mountains there and to look at and see it and you know it's a part of the nation that is still uh, it's still close to what it was. There's bears and uh, they got moose uh, and coming back. And, yeah. Moose, yeah. Yeah, they got time, I remember back. reading an article about a moose uh, somewhere up there uh, last year that uh, people had seen moose there. And uh, Yeah, they're coming back. They were out for a long time, and all of a sudden... Jody? We lose you? Oh, I don't think we lost him. Uh... We're going to keep his mic open in case he comes back on. Uh, Josie, if you can, if you can hear me, I'm going to keep your mic open, and uh, and if need be, you can you can call back in. You know what? You may not know, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be mean, but I'm going to hang up on him, and then uh, make it and ask him to call back in. Uh, and while we're doing that. Uh, while we're doing that, we also want to uh, remind you guys that uh, Beth Schoenberg is, uh, uh, who is a great friend to uh, Appleseed, is running her own show now. She was working with uh, Derry Brownfield, and uh, she's running her own show now. You can find her at csctalkradio.com, csctalkradio.com. Um, and she's another hard-working uh, individual pushing uh, to ensure that that the idea of safeguarding our liberties and freedoms is always kept on the front burner, always kept out in front of the public. She always has some great guests on. And uh, you can find her at csctalkradio.com. That's Schoenberg. And uh, uh, we would... Uh, we would be glad. Uh, we would love for you to to listen to her program. And uh, all right. And then, uh, uh, Josie, if you can hear me, uh, be sure and call back in because I'd like to. Uh, I want to finish talking about uh, the New York. Uh, We've got Josie back Alex. on the line right now, Scout. Oh, do you? Okay, I can't see him. Can you open his mic? Hello? It's open and he's on there. Go ahead, Josie. Josie, go ahead. Uh, Scout, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. We dropped you at whenever we were talking about the, uh, uh, about the moose. So whatever you said after the moose thing, uh, we lost. So go ahead. Take it up where you were. Well, I just want to say i got a big shoot coming up this weekend. It's in Hopewell Junction, which is about an hour and a half from New York City off the Taconic Parkway. And I, this was a little range that I sent a packet to over a year ago, and I did a shoot there last year. They answered the packet that I sent them because they had a guy, which my real name is Nick Cirillo. They had a Cirillo in the club up at Hopewell Junction that died. They thought I was his grandson, so they answered the call. Now, when I told him I was not his grand, when I told him I wasn't the grandson, but Appleseed is still a great program. They let me do an event last year, and it was pretty successful. 
and now they let us do another one. This will be the second one, and we're sold out at 18 shooters. And I have, you know, Richie Vietvet coming from Long Island and, Ho- and Ho- uh, Charlie Hotel coming from Long Island and myself. I have uh, the dude from Albany who's been quite active and his daughter, I think her name is Chrissa or something, and they're going to be in. The dude helped me down in New Jersey a couple of months ago for the April shoot. I was by myself in uh, down in South Jersey, and he made the trip all the way from Albany, a four-hour trip. He decided the last minute to just jump in his car, give me a hand, and the dude was uh, was great to work with him. And he'll be, you know, at the Hopewell Junction shoot, so this should be a nice event. Okay, that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's uh. But good. I mean, it worked out in your favor. They thought you were, uh, they thought that you were one of the guys' sons, and that got you in the door. So that's great. And you never know. know. You never know what's going to get you. Yeah. Well, once they see the event, and uh, you know, Apple's will talk for itself. So exactly. Uh, You know, I'm working on the range. uh, Okay. What about the? uh, Oh. uh, for some reason, the, the name escapes me right now, but uh, remember the event that we did with uh, Rock up at the uh, the range, uh, not last year, but year before last. Uh, Was it Van, Van Etten? Is that Alan Tom? The yeah, 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 yeah. Remember Imker? when the storm came in and ripped everything up? Okay, no, that was Burlington Flats. Yeah, Burlington Flats. Yeah, Burlington, Burlington Flats. Flats. That's, that's, like, that's, that's like the northern Catskills. The Northern yeah. Catskill area, and he still does. He does about you know five events, six events a year there, and he's building a little instructor crew on his own. And uh, you know, they, they, I think they're doing an event this weekend also. And I believe he's got about fifteen people showing up. The June events seem to fill up nice in New York. Everybody likes. They trust the weather in June, you know. Yeah. Well, the. Uh... The event there at Burlington Flats was great, even though even though we had the storm, it yeah. was still great. And we, well, and I know we hung out. They've got a great uh, clubhouse there too, which made yeah. it okay because we were able to hang out in the clubhouse and uh, and do the history and stuff while uh, the storm was going on. And of course, it did tear uh, a lot of the folks' stuff up, but you know, but we. we Got everything re-rigged back up as best we could. And then uh, who was the guy there? One of the guys there at the range had managed to get the uh, one of the was it a sycamore uh, tree there? It was I believe he found the oldest or uh, or biggest sycamore tree in the state. That right I don't know about. I'm sorry. I love trees. Uh, I love walked trees. Walked out back behind that lake to look at it, look at to find the tree, right? And uh, took some pictures with it. Anyway, it was a, it was a fantastic place, and just uh, just up the road from it, uh, what uh, less than a mile was that that religious uh, uh, kind of like a camp or something. You remember the all the wonderful religious artwork they had there? Right. Right. Uh, that was the first, uh, we had our AIBC there about two years ago, mm-hmm. right, you know, about, and we had, we must have had about 20 people there for the first one. It was, uh, it was his second one. The first one, I think he did in a trial one in Texas, and then he came to uh, Burlington Flats. Right, and then, you know, uh, 
they hosted. Uh, let's see, what are the other ones? The other the, the other ranges that we were at. There's another range. Uh, you remember Elbridge, where I first met you in like 2009? That was the uh, Elbridge with Jen Mayton and Cody Jarrett, and they would cook breakfast for us. Right, and you said that they're not using that one anymore, right? No, nah, they're only black powder, and they didn't want the rifles in there anymore. It had nothing to do well, with that. Very nice. That was a very nice. That was a beautiful uh, place. Nice range, and then we had the uh, the range. I would go into the range uh, there at uh, uh, dang, it's a it's a place I go every year. Uh, uh, Troop, yeah, and, Troop, uh, and uh, I've been going to that range for years, even before Appleseed. It was just a little tiny hole in the wall place, and you just went in there and you you know you put uh, three bucks in a can, and right. uh, and shot, and uh, it, we had several. We had quite a few apple seeds there, and uh, it's another great range. I've I got to tell you, I love going to New York. I love the folks up there. Uh, all the guys in the crews up there are uh, are great guys, and uh, I always have a fantastic time well, up we gotta- there. You know, everybody thinks that New York, when they think about New York, <clears throat> They're stuck with that dang uh, image of New York City, you know, and the folks in New York City. And, you know, the same thing with my wife. Whenever I, before I met her, I thought she was going to be like, uh, look like Joan Jett and have a a leather jacket on and a cigarette hanging out of her mouth, you know, and she's going to look at me and go, what are you looking at, you know? And uh, that was my, you know, my idea of, of New York, and lo and behold, if uh, if I were to close my eyes and, uh, you know, get taken there uh, instantaneously uh, to the central New York area, uh, it would be hard to tell that I'd gone anywhere except that it's usually so lush in New York. It's almost like a, it's almost like a lush garden everywhere you look, even in the summer, because there's there's so much well, the rain, the weather is so nice. The Central Valley, the central part of New York is, is, is great for uh, for farming. I mean, when I, we did a shoot up in Albion years ago, and I remember we had to buy muck boots because the soil is so dark and so rich with minerals from the Great Lakes when the ice melted, you know, whatever, thousands of years ago. It left all these minerals in the central region, and they'll stain the the tires on your car, it'll stain your shoes. It'll stay there for weeks, the muck, which is the rich wow. soil, the organic soil. And I'm from the city, so I just learned all of that stuff. I don't want you to talk too nice about New York City people because I live with these people, and, you know, don't give them too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right, the muck and stuff, because they've, they've also got some... Uh, Let's see. They got some potatoes that they grow in these muck fields, uh, salt potatoes. Uh, like one of their local specialties there that we always get. They're like uh, little tiny, almost uh, dark potatoes that are grown in the muck fields there, and then they uh, they soak them in salt, and you boil them in salt and eat them. And uh, uh, it's, a, it's a very great dish. Well, what do you guys have coming up? What else do you have coming up? Uh, have you guys managed to? Uh, uh, well, Cal- hey, any additional ranges? Well, I'm working on this place in Westchester County. It's a county range. They're very strict. 
They just put $6 million into the range over the last few years. Supposedly, they drained a, a, a lake, and then they built a range inside of it so they have a 360-degree berm. Wow. And I, I'm working on that right now. I visited them. Uh, we met them in person. So, And they think it's a go. He photocopied a bunch of articles and took brochures, and we're trying to pass it through the committee. It looks good, but waiting for that to happen. Calvertin still has their events every month. They're going strong. Um, you got Saratoga still does their shoots. You got uh, Mark. You got the three Marks in that central region. Mad Mark. You got another VOM Mark, and you got Stick Mark or First Sergeant Mark. They all do right. a lot of hard work for the central region. You know Saratoga. He, Mark just tried to do <clears throat> a uh, a wounded warrior event. He put a lot of work into it, and it just didn't go over too well. You know, it had nothing to do with Appleseed. Just the Wounded Warrior guys, I guess they're just not interested in that region to come into an event. Maybe we're going to try. I was just talking to him on the phone. Maybe we'll try to do something without the guns, maybe with a library seat for them or go to the VA and work with them with just the history. Right. You know, I mean, I did a library seat in, in the city in in, uh, in April, and I spoke to the lady. She said we got a good response. And uh, she's willing to maybe do something for us in July. I'll have to wait and see. I'll probably have to call her back. A lot of little things. Well, K-Dan still works very hard in Manhattan once a month. He's trying to fix the rifles up down there because we have to use their rifles, and they're all shot out. Oh, he's really? Replacing, yeah, he's been replacing barrels, and he's trying to convince them to use tech sites. So he's working on that. They, so you have to use the rifles at that range. Right, because it's New York City. And, and when you live in the five boroughs where I live, you have to have what they call a rifle shotgun permit. You cannot own a rifle without registering it or having a license first, which I want the country to know that this is what's coming to them if they don't pay attention. Well, I know that uh, I know that there's a lot of people that live in New York City, within the city, that have to keep uh, all of their firearms out in uh, in other cities outside uh, the, uh, the the New York City, right? Because they don't want they right. Because they don't want to their go get firearms them. outside. Yeah. Yeah. And New and let's put it this way: New York State has rules, and then New York City has stricter rules. You can only have a five-round capacity magazine. You know, you can only have you know certain lots of firearms are banned just by name. If you were to have an M1 Garand and it's semi-automatic, and it shoots more than five rounds, you can get a clip, but then you can't have the bayonet lug. So even a lot of stuff I have, I keep in Long Island because it's historic and I want to have it, but I can't bring it to the city. And the stuff I keep in the city, you have to have a permit, and then you have to have it registered. I try to play by the rules because, you know, I'm an honorable man, and I try to change things, in, in, you know, by following the rules and by spreading the message and by teaching what right? You know, what, well, you what has to be done? You can't just buck the rules because no. all that'll get you is heartbreak and financial ruin. Right, so, and you'll get a bad name, and then people they could drag your name through the mud and say, "Look at this guy; he doesn't want to follow the rules." You know, who wants to listen to him? But you know, if you follow the rules and tell people the right things to do, and then to call their senator and their congressman and to deal with the, you know, the legislation on a city level, you know, the city councilman and. The mayor, which is Mayor Bloomberg, well, I don't want to get into any of that kind of stuff, but, <laughs> well, you know. Well, I'm excited that uh, 
that you're that you have the range. It's only an hour and a half from New York City. Isn't that the closest one besides the Manhattan one? Isn't that the closest range that that, uh, that you have to the city now? Well, we have Cavalton. Cavalton is an hour, which is on the uh, the end of Long Island. Well, almost. Oh, okay, right, right. But yeah, this okay. one is uh, like the Hudson Valley almost, and it's pretty close. You know, for Manhattan people, it would be great if they could take a trip up there. And but the only thing is, it's only once a year. They won't allow us in there more than once a year at this point. So I take what I can get. But this one in right. Westchester, if I get that, that'll be even closer. That's forty minutes from Manhattan. Wow. And that will be the closest if I get it. Well, and that'll be great. You know, I mean, uh, I, I know it's I know it's work to get the folks there out, but. You know, out of the uh, uh, how many does New York have? Isn't it close to eight million now? Absolutely. On All paper, right. out of that eight million, you know, that there's like at a minimum, there's uh, you know five hundred thousand people who probably believe uh, really close to what you believe, and who are ready to go to an apple seed. They just don't know that it exists yet. So well, you know, Manhattan is full of people from all over the country. And mostly people from Manhattan, you know, aren't from New York. I'm a real New Yorker. I'm from the borough. It's a little different. But Kay Dan and I realize working the shoots in Manhattan that these people come from Indiana. They come from Idaho. They come from North Carolina. They went to college. They work in professional city. They grew up shooting guns. They remember it from their fathers and grandfathers, and they come anticipating a great time, and it, it, it's good. Well, Keep up the good work, and uh, you got uh, you got anybody that you'd like to uh, to single out, or uh, any congratulations you'd like to give out on any of the folks there. The whole, I know yeah. that your whole crew is doing a great job, but uh, anybody who is uh, just uh, uh, any new instructors or anything like that. Well, over the last few months, I remember Dakota Thirty and the misses. They both uh, women became red hats, and both in the Saratoga area. And uh, we have Charlie Hotel in Dakota, who became shoot bosses uh, from Long Island, and they've been helping out a lot. A Viet Vet became a regional. Viet Vet became a regional um, state coordinator for the for Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, New York, I believe Delaware, Jersey. And Connecticut, Massachusetts, which is big, you know. And uh, he's been he, he put together a meeting for all the state coordinators in July. We're going to get together at a Cabela's in Connecticut and try and iron out some some big stuff. But anyways, wow. you know, a lot of little things. Hopefully, they'll add up to some uh, big things. Well, great job, guys. Uh, and be sure and tell everybody there in uh, in the New York area that uh, I said hey, and, uh, and if I don't see everybody this week, then I'll, uh, I mean this uh, summer, I'll try and uh, I'll try and get it to everybody next year. And best of luck on the Indian Lake shoot. And I, I wish I was going. I hope you'll take a bunch of pictures uh, and post them. Absolutely. I'll do the best I can, and uh, you're always invited. And, uh, you know, thanks for what you do, the radio show, week in and week out, year after year, putting in the time and the effort. 
with the history and the guests and it's a great thing. I just wish uh, you know it could be on prime time on a big station because that's where it deserves to be. <laughs> well, well, you never know. We may end up there someday. Well, thank you very much, Joseph Wells. God bless and keep you and yours, and uh, God bless your your tribal members there. And uh, thank you for all the work that you're doing because uh, you're really on the ball there, and the, the uh, New York program really counts on you. And uh, and I'm really proud of all the guys in the New York program. Everybody's doing a great job there. So be sure to tell everybody I said hey, and uh, and then be sure and call in. Uh, after you do the Indian Lake shoot, you can call in any time, but be sure and call in after the Indian Lake shoot so that you can uh, give me the after action on it so that I can really be sad about uh, missing it. Hey, last year I was eating the blueberries, and the uh, there's, there's some other berries. I forgot what they call them, spring berries and blueberries. I was eating them right off the bush in uh, right where we shoot. So, I mean, you only do what wow. you can and you do plenty, you know. You do plenty, you know, and you'll get around to it. I appreciate you thanking us, and uh, really, it's nothing. We we do this because we have to do it. We can't sleep at night if we're not doing something positive for the country we live in. Maybe it's a real old-school mentality, but, you know, it's we have to do these things. So no thank is in order, you know? No thank you is in order at all. It's nice to be appreciated, though. Well, thank you, sir. Like I said, tell everybody else, the rest of the folks there, that uh, that... Uh, I really am proud of the job that the folks there in New York are doing and keep it up and be sure and uh, keep us advised of uh, how things are going, okay? Call in on a regular basis so that that we can uh, hear about the events in New York. Absolutely. Tell everybody everybody in the boroughs, I said, what are you looking at? Hey, what are you looking at (laughs) over there? Yeah, you. I'm talking to you. Uh, all right. You take care. God bless you, brother. Hey, God bless you, Scott. I appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, I love Josie. He is a good man. And uh, he's got uh, he's got an absolute heart of gold. And uh, he's a good family man. He provides for his family. And, uh, and then he works as hard as he can to to help push the message. And he didn't get involved in any of the uh uh any of the petty stuff that's going on anywhere uh, in the the program. He keeps uh he keeps his eyes locked forward on the message and and on how he can uh push the message forward, how he can provide uh a chance for folks to hear the message in New York. And and that's, uh, you know, each one of us would do well to be doing as good a job as uh, as what Josie Wells is doing. I always got to crack up whenever I, uh, whenever I read out his name, uh, his forum name, Josie Wales, because, you know, you see the, if you've seen the movie Josie Wales, yeah, you know, Confederate soldier and stuff like that. And here is Nick in the heart of New York City in the boroughs. And uh, and you just heard him. He can do a good what are you looking at. And uh, I tried to imagine him uh, with a wad of tobacco spitting it on the head of the dog and 
and uh, heading down south to Mexico with uh, with his two Indian friends. So it's a it's a great uh, it's a great name for him. And uh, if you're ever in New York and uh, and you need somebody to uh, uh, and I'm not telling you to go stay at his house. I'm just saying if you need somebody to uh, uh, to tell you what's going on in this state with apple seeds or anything like that, and he's a guy to talk to. Uh, all right. <clears throat> the To finish up what we were talking about, which is the title of the show being How to Save the World and Have a Good Time While Doing It. The we've talked on the show many times about the fact that that our nation is in peril. It really is in peril. The only problem is is that uh, that it's moving at a slow pace. It's almost like uh, it's almost like the lava. You see the the uh, History Channel or the Science Channel shows. Uh, where the volcano erupts, and uh, and it, it's got a lot, of, a lot of lava that's coming out and stuff. But this isn't like the uh, the Krakatoa explosion. You know, it doesn't like destroy the whole the whole uh, island of Hawaii uh, at once. The volcano erupts, and lava begins to flow and begins to flow down the the slope of the volcano, and and it gets to a certain point and it's not flowing fast but it's not stopping either it's not stopping it's 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 moving like a like a uh like a bulldozer in ultra low uh gear you know it's it's moving just a couple of inches uh, uh you know, a minute or maybe, uh, you know, uh, eight or ten inches a minute. But it's not stopping. It's continuing on and on. And you have the people who are, you see the people, they're there at their house and they're uh, they're getting everything out of their houses and they're, uh, they're loading up their vehicles with it. And then they're, once everything is loaded in the, the vehicles and stuff, then they're just standing there uh, in their driveway watching the lava get closer and closer, and they're crying, they're hugging each other, and uh, the lava is just moving forward five or six inches, uh, you know, every minute. And and it, every single thing it touches bursts into flames, and pretty soon it's touching their house, and their house is gone. And there's not a thing in the world that anyone can do about it. You can't... Uh, you, you, even if you had a hundred fire trucks there uh, spraying water on it, uh, it's not going to do anything. It's just going to keep pushing forward until it consumes the home. It burns down their home and everything that's left in it and changes their lives forever. And that's what we're facing now. We're facing that same steamroller that, is creeping forward a little bit at a time. But it's been going on for quite a while now. So it would be like uh, if the volcano there in Hawaii, if it had been erupting for 20 years, 
And uh, and after the first, uh, you know, five or six months of watching the people's houses burn, I'm watching them standing in the driveway crying about it, uh, it would kind of lose its uh, its ability to to shock you or or maybe to move you anymore and you would you would turn on the channel and you'd see the people standing, oh look, another bunch of folks crying about uh uh about their house uh getting burned up by the volcano and the the lava that's creeping forward and you know, maybe even in your heart or your mind you start thinking things like, Well well, you know, it kinda of serves them right. Why were they living there like that close to a volcano? Why were they you know, their fault what you don't realize is that this volcano, this particular volcano that's going, is not one that's going to stop. It's not like it's going to stop in Hawaii. It's going to come across the ocean, and then it's going to uh, land on the east coast, and it's going to keep moving. It's going to keep uh, devouring the nation from one side to the other until it's done. Now, it may take a little while. It's, you know, it's taking it at, uh, maybe it's taking it 20 years to get uh, from Hawaii to the east coast, but it's devouring. It's not going to stop. And that's that's what we face today. You know, you turn on the TV or the radio and you see, you watch uh, someone talking about the uh, run-ins that they have had with the IRS, that the IRS has taken everything they own and uh, uh, that uh, maybe that one of the uh, ATF or FBI or some other organization has... Uh, has done things like, uh, well, like uh, run guns into Mexico illegally so that they could blame it on the American firearms uh, uh, sales companies and the American firearms owners so that they could uh, put them in a bad light so that they could close them down. And, uh, and, you hear about other things that go on uh, over and over, and pretty soon you, you're you not numb to it, but it becomes like an everyday occurrence. And and pretty soon you, you, you don't, it doesn't stand out as something that should be uh, uh, an absolute travesty. And yet it is. If you had removed the uh, the preceding events and you saw some of the things that uh, are happening today, if you'd removed the preceding events and and you just let the, just one of these events stand by itself without all of the rest of the other events to that have numbed you, uh, you would you would look at at, at an event uh, like the gun the uh, ATF gun running thing or uh, any of the stuff that uh, some of the the agencies that appear to be out of control, you would look at it and you would say, oh, my gosh, how could this have ever happened? And we have to stop this right now immediately. And and the nation would be in a furor. It would be like, uh, it would be like when uh, Gage sent out uh, the regulars to confiscate the powder uh, in Salem. The whole nation would be in an uproar, and yet it's not, because this wasn't, uh, this wasn't a, a, a huge uh, or a single 
stabbing death that you're witnessing. This is like uh, the, uh, what do they call it, the, the death of a thousand cuts, right? You know, that's one of the old uh, torture things that, uh, you know, that uh, where they would uh, take the person and tie him up and uh, they wouldn't drive the spear into him uh, or the arrow or the knife. <clears throat> you know, a lot of times the uh, the Indians uh, uh, would take a prisoner and uh, they would tie him up there in the village and you would have uh, all of the kids would have arrows and stuff and they would just they would just be poking him with the arrows all day and the women too the children of the women would be poking the person with the arrows they would, they may punch eight or nine hundred holes in the person none of the none of the wounds individually were fatal but taken as a whole you know your body you're you're all you're all liquid right Punch enough holes in that bag of liquid, you never let enough of it leak out, and you're going to die. And that's what's happening to us right now. We're dying the death of a thousand cuts. You look at the uh, the ATF's uh, rule book for firearms, and it uh, it starts to look like the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Uh, I believe, last I heard, I believe there was close to 50,000 laws uh, governing uh, firearms. 50,000 laws governing firearms. We're dying the death of a thousand cuts. We're being made numb by it. and And we're allowing the lava to just inch forward and devour us all at once. If the volcano had, had erupted and it had exploded and thrown uh, rocks all over the nation at once on one day and 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 caused destruction in a whole bunch of different cities and a, and a huge number of people were killed, I can guarantee you the, the country would have motivated, we, it would have been motivated and it would have geared up and, uh, who knows what it would have done? They would have had thousands of people trying to figure out how to uh, how to defeat the volcano, how to get it back uh, under control where it belongs. But it didn't. It didn't do it all at once. It just kept creeping forward an inch at a time, year after year, until the people began to uh, look at it uh, like... Uh, like uh, the people that swim in the ocean look at sharks. Yeah, they're in there, but as long as I don't get bit, you know, I, you know, I'm okay. And uh, the problem is, is that uh, is that everybody is forced to go swimming in this nation, and I almost guarantee that at some point you're going to meet the shark, and. Uh, and that's where we're living today. Uh, we have we have some of the the most horrible things that you can imagine going on in the nation, and we've just learned to live with it. We learned to live with uh, with the ugliness. Let me. Uh, 
Let me read you a uh, uh, a quick little note, and uh, this is uh, this talks about the the life cycle uh, of a nation, and uh, let's see. I believe uh, I believe this is written by. Uh, Dr. Ignatius Piazza from uh, from Front Sight. Uh, and he wrote this back in 2008. He says, Our founding fathers were collectively the brightest, wealthiest, and most powerful men of their era. They risked everything they had by declaring their independence from what was, at that time, the greatest military and economic power in the world. And... Uh, Quite frankly, we have not had such intellect or innovation and testicular fortitude at the helm of our country since then. And I really believe we'll never see men of such strong backbone in our government again. Just over 200 years later, England across the sea is a shadow of its past in world dominance. And now the United States has fallen so far away from our from the country our forefathers created for us that they would shed tears of dismay if they could walk among us today. History provides a roadmap of where the U.S. is heading. Uh, Is our demise inevitable? And that's the question I'm asking you guys to think about tonight. Is our demise inevitable? That means... uh, in your mind, you have to you have to to decide whether you think it is or not. Because if it's inevitable, then then why worry about anything? If it's inevitable, just get this just get on the gravy train. Uh, but if it's not inevitable, if you don't believe it's inevitable, and I don't, then you got to figure out what you're going to do about it. Uh, and I don't think it is, but only if we study the past and we make the difficult decisions to prevent history from repeating itself in our country, as it's done with every group of people before us from every culture imaginable. Uh, uh, right around the time our original 13 states adopted their new constitution in 1787, uh, Alexander Tyler, who was a Scottish history professor at the University of Edinburgh, uh, had this to say about the Athenian Republic some 2,000 years earlier. A democracy is always temporary in nature. It simply cannot exist as a permanent form of government. A democracy will continue to exist up until the time that voters discover they can vote themselves generous gifts from the public treasury. You right? You got that? So that's where we are today. Uh, and you got to remember that the, that America is not a democracy; it's a republic. All right. Uh, and I'm sure plenty of you guys have heard uh, the definition of democracy. That's uh, two wolves and a sheep that have gathered together to vote on what to have for dinner. And 
if you look at the tipping point for failure for democracy, and that is when when the the folks of that democracy when they finally when they realize that all they have to do is vote themselves generous gifts, then that's what they're going to do. That's how politicians uh, are getting elected today, not by deciding to make uh, the hard decisions on uh, on what they should be doing in, in the nation, but by by voting themselves, uh, uh, by allowing the voters to vote themselves uh, generous gifts. Uh, the people that get elected uh, are the people that uh, that give away most of the money. Uh, you see that happening every day. And now, in our nation, uh, I believe the last estimates, the last statistics that I heard, were 49% of Americans were paying no income tax whatsoever. 49% of people who are paying no income tax whatsoever are the ones who are deciding uh, where uh, they're, they're not deciding, but they're the ones who are voting on uh, on on getting more. Uh, once the folks have figured out that they can vote themselves uh, money and guests from the public treasury from the public treasury the majority will always vote for the candidates who promise the most benefits from the treasury and the result is that every democracy will finally collapse due to loose fiscal policy which is always followed by a dictatorship the average age of the world's greatest civilizations from the beginning of history has been about 200 years. All right? And I believe that the reason that, that we've gone past the 200-year mark is because, because of the brilliance uh, of the, the folks who wrote the documents that we use to govern our nation. Uh, but if if our Constitution is allowed to be looked at as a living, breathing, changeable document, then uh, our death will soon follow also. But during the 200 years, the, uh, all of the nations that, have, uh, that are similar to America have always, uh, they've always grown, they've always progressed uh, and then decline the following sequence. Number one, you, the the nation, uh, a typical nation is usually begun in bondage and is moved from bondage to a spiritual faith. Then, in the next stage, it moves from spiritual faith to great courage. From courage, it moves to liberty. From liberty, it moves to abundance. And if you look at our at our history, it has followed this. Uh, it has followed this 
this life cycle uh, almost exactly this way. From abundance, it moves to complacency. From complacency, it moves to apathy. From apathy, it moves to dependence. And then from dependence, back into bondage. Over the last 2,000 years, uh, this has been a formula that has been repeated over and over and over. So where are we? Where is the United States in this life cycle? Well, Professor Joseph Olson of Hamlin University School of Law, St. Paul, Minnesota, points out some some interesting facts concerning the 2000 presidential election. The number of states won by Democrats, 19. By Republicans, 29. Square Square miles of land, won by Democrats, 580,000. By Republicans, 2,427,000. Population of counties, won by Democrats, 127 million. By Republicans, 143 million. Murder rates per 100,000 residents in counties, won by Democrats, 13.2. Murder rate per 100,000 residents in counties won by Republicans, 2.1. Professor Olson also adds, in aggregate, the map of the territory one uh, Republicans won was mostly land owned by tax-paying citizens of the nation. Democrat territory would mostly encompass citizens living in government-owned tenements and living off various forms of government welfare. All right, now this is one man's opinion. This isn't uh, apple seeds of... uh, Opinion. We're not endorsing or pushing any uh, any party or anything else. But that's uh, that's kind of a uh, that's kind of a direction of the uh, of where we're at. Uh, and I'll finish this up uh, next week. I don't believe that we'll have uh, Chuck under on. Listen, I want to thank everybody that called in uh, tonight. I want to thank Josie Wales, Unbridled Liberty, uh, Old God, and uh, and God bless and keep you guys. I'm proud of uh, of each and every one of the folks in the program. And uh, be sure and tune in this next Thursday, 7 p.m. Central Time, and uh, we'll pick it back up then. Until then, uh, God bless and uh, and keep you and God bless uh, and keep our nation.